You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 17. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter. And I am joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. What is crack-lacking? I want this podcast to be over now. <laughs> Why what? would you ever say what's crack-a-lackin'? Because that was the first thing that came to my mind. Shut so what up. comes to your mind is 80-year-old catchphrases. Good enough. Thank you to everyone in the live chat for coming out to the show. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. All you have to do is search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there. Remember, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. First item we have is Arcane's founder, Raph Colantonio, has founded a new studio, Wolf Eye Games, and their reveal is set for the Game Awards. So, if anyone doesn't know this, Raph was... One of the co-founders of Arcane, uh, he was there from the beginning as lo- along with uh, Harvey Smith, who was like the lead guy for Dishonored and Dishonored 2. So this will be an interesting one to watch, I think, because uh, they kind of announced this studio as being like a smaller team, but a smaller team that's still building big AAA games. That's supposedly what they're saying. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if this has any ties whatsoever to Arcane's past, like uh, Prey and also Dishonored as well, even though Prey was more the Austin Arcane studio and he was more the overseas studio. So this will uh, be super interesting to kind of keep our eye on, I think, uh, see what see what wrath is i still need to check out dishonor 2 at some point yeah i agree i i need to go back after they fix the input lag i it's definitely a great game that a lot of people love but um. yeah i enjoyed the first one a lot i just never got around to the second one yeah that was during that fall was ridiculous because that was shadow mordor a lot Mm -hmm. of other titles that i remember getting into and that just fell on the back burner yep absolutely so uh next item we have dualshock 5 uh, patents have been revealed uh, or leaked rather that kind of show a similar design to the DualShock 4 so this is kind of interesting because they dropped the best feature on the DualShock 4 the light bar you think that was the best feature I'm, I'm joking I was gonna say I thought the best feature is honestly the <laughs> yeah. microphone no. um, and actually it's now the touchpad became essentially your map button mm-hmm. but it has been super useful in other games such as like I remember having it for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, or not, sorry, not Odyssey, launch title, Black Flag. Black Flag. Um, and it being a very nice thing to have, um, instead of having to constantly pause your game, and you know how there's always that little hiccup when you pause a game, um, and it just instantly went to your map, instantly came out, so that was nice. I just don't think the touchpad was ever fully realized in the sense that it was. I feel like the PlayStation and Xbox created new buttons for no reason, and both of them were pretty much the same buttons that they were on previous gen like the view button as microsoft calls it on xbox one is really just the back button from xbox 360 and the touchpad is basically the select button yeah the only thing they have is that share button i'm not a streamer though so i don't do any of that stuff right i think really the coolest part about this is i maybe i shouldn't say cool but i i feel like we have a pretty good indication of next gen 
controllers yeah. more so than we did. Um, I think this started honestly with Xbox with their Elite Series Two, um, with them announcing that that controller would be good for Scarlet, and then mm-hmm. after that announcement, announcing the rest of their hardware from Xbox One would be good on Scarlet. Well, actually, it was before that. Was it? I thought yeah. it was after. Yeah, they now they announced that at E3 actually when they uh, revealed Scarlet for the first time. They said that all of your hardware would work moving forward so, so like and then we obviously assumed it was going to be a very similar patent obviously xbox hasn't leaked or anything like that but now sony's biggest thing that they really did was just take away the light bar from that patent it, it could be not the same result in the end again this is a leak nothing's been confirmed yeah but if that's the case all they're doing is just taking away a feature that in my mind is what drains your battery in your ps4 controllers yeah um which the newer the newer uh, versions of the DualShock Four, to be fair, are very good. True, yes. battery wise. Yes, uh, the original ones were awful. Yeah, yeah. Like I would get like three hours on a good charge. Yeah, and that was it. But I mean, I think we're going into next gen in a very safe way. Uh, we're not like getting almost like a Switch, Wii U, Wii type situation where it's like, how am I going to hold this gaming platform or this True. this controller itself? Yep. Um, and they both offer differences because some people, like myself, like the dual sticks on the bottom. You like you like the offset dual sticks. Yeah. Um, so it's however you like it. I don't necessarily think a controller sells a console. I think a controller, though, can turn you off of a console. Yes, I agree. Um, biggest example would be the ugliness, in my opinion, of Google Stadia. If I have to play with that, and I understand <laughs> reviews are coming out, and it's getting a decent amount of hate uh this this week uh specifically with how they're handling their pre-orders and stuff like that but I I, that controller just turns me off i have one better for you the ouya controller Th- doesn't that remind you of the ouya <laughs> it does, controller? Yes. like it looks dead yeah, on it it really does and like that controller looked ugly not ergonomic it like yeah. brought me back to like nes days and i'm sorry i i love my nes yeah um i actually brought it brought it here but that's a terrible controller. Yeah. And I get it. Back in those days, it was fine. But, I mean, we've come so far and ahead. I mean, I was playing with on the Xbox One controller today, and the bumpers are not just like they you can feel the momentum, but they actually have a curvature for your index fingers to where you almost have a rest on it. Yep. So we've come so far in controllers. Mm-hmm. I just think that was... I, I haven't... We could do an entire episode on Stadia right now. Yep. Definitely. Agreed. So, kind of similar onto this uh, next story, uh, Amy Hennig, and I say similar because she used to work for PlayStation, Amy Hennig forms a new interactive division at Skydance Media. So, Skydance Media is a bigger motion picture company that has been responsible for uh, more recent films like Terminator and stuff like that, and she is coming in and forming... We assume her new, her brand new game studio. Uh, it just says that she's creating a interactive division with them. But you think of interactive, you think of games, uh, you think of also uh, kind of those interactive movies that came out um, on Netflix, uh, like we were dis- discussing before the the uh, the uh, podcast went live, and that could be something that's tied in, maybe something. Something kind of bridging the gap. Uh, Think Telltale games, except for in movie form. Like, maybe they do something like that, where you have a certain amount of time. Like Bandersnatch? Yeah, exactly. From Netflix that they offered last Christmas. Yep. So It's possible. The one thing I will say with this news is, they obviously didn't confirm or deny anything about uh, this being a games-focused media. Yeah. Uh, But when it comes to Amy Hennig, 
whatever she's going to put out, I am very interested in. Yeah, obviously, Amy Hennig, Uncharted, she wrote Uncharted 1, 2, and she, she did 3 as well, but she started working on 4, and then she departed, and Neil Druckmann yeah. and Bruce Straley took took over and then she did a lot of other things before then too i couldn't name them off the top of my head without researching it but i mean everybody was so stoked for that visceral star wars game that she was heading up yeah and obviously we know that fell apart which would she want sorry go, go ahead. ahead no no you're fine i kind of wonder like where what state that was in because was seeing star wars star wars jedi fallen order come out and do so well and being like very similar in that type of, of experience where it's like a third uh, person over the shoulder uh, action game. And that seems like what Visceral was trying to make. You have to wonder if EA saw that and was like, hey, this Visceral game doesn't look like it's anywhere near on par with this uh, Respawn project. So I kind of wonder if that kind of... It's possible they might have thought in their brains that maybe flooding the Star Wars with single player games wasn't going to be the answer because let's be real ea is more concentrated on their platforms than it is their single player experiences mm-hmm. um like obviously they've had a bunch of stinkers recently specifically anthem um and they saw andromeda did not do too well and i get it they're always voted the number the worst company in the world which i totally disagree that they're the worst company in the world it's just yeah. gamers have a loud internet voice absolutely um but I, I'm just I'm hopeful that whatever she is doing with this uh, new division at Skydance uh, is something that she gets to make essentially her passion project for whatever she's going to be creative. Oh, Legacy of Kane series. Legacy. I'm of sorry. Kane. I was like, I know her for somewhere else. Yeah, Legacy of Kane series. Um, and I love like Soul Reaper. Um, that was such a good like change of that series too. So she is like fully equipped to write any stories. I don't know how well she is with like game management and stuff like that like as a director would be yeah but i'll tell you whatever story she's gonna write you're gonna want to pay attention to agreed completely uh our next news story is diablo 4 has uh some leaks or rumors rather that uh the beta and release date for diablo 4 is uh coming so the beta they're saying is coming sometime next year whatever that means so sometime in 2020 which you kind of feel like it's going to be earlier rather than later because of the next-gen consoles coming next fall. I doubt they're going to want to do a beta right at the launch of next-gen consoles. So I would say maybe like summer next year, look for a beta. Well, unless maybe they have like some sort of beta on consoles themselves. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But th- this rumor is extremely vague. And also uh, release date for the game in 2021, which isn't a surprise to me just based on what Blizzard has been saying about the game. Perfectly fine. I don't need a game that I am just jacked for to come out next year. And I know that's a, that's a weird statement to make. I mean, I know I, you and I will no longer be friends as soon as Scarlet launches because I won't be able to talk to you or see you. Hey, Lord. Uh, yeah. And obviously, I don't have like a PS5 game, but I know I'm going to be enamored by that console. Hmm. And then if what our prediction is going to be actually happens in Breath of the Wild, then my life is over. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Cry? That's yeah. that's all I can think of to do. Breath of the Wild is going to be... Uh, that That's where uh, your like life crisis will come I, into effect. I hope to God that Breath of the Wild comes out before like September of next year. 
Because you, if it's not, I'm screwed. You could hope. My only thought is that you figure out a way to take lunches at work so yeah. that you can't play Xbox there. <laughs> yeah. And hey, then just uh, do it then. <laughs> hey, boss, could I just go ahead and go to the back and play my exactly. Switch for a few <laughs> yeah. hours? Yeah. That'd be great. Why can't you play it at home? Well, I have Halo at home. What yeah. am I supposed to do? <laughs> Halo Infinite. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to keep our eye on there. So, next we have Half-Life Alyx has been announced for Steam VR. So... A new Half-Life game has finally been revealed after all these years. Half-Life 3? It's not <laughs> Half-Life 3. It's a VR game. Uh, they did confirm, however, it is coming for Oculus as well as uh, Vive. So it isn't a Vive exclusive, which is good um, to try to get, the, get it in the hands of as, as many PC gamers as possible. Uh, I know you talked about it not, being, not appearing on PlayStation, which... It, to me, isn't a huge shock because um, lately Valve has been very anti-console. They haven't done anything on consoles since uh, Portal 2, I think. That was the last game that they released, I believe. You might on be console. right on that. I mean, that obviously is a um, stellar game regardless. But right, yes. but they they just haven't, they haven't been friendly with I, console. I just, I, PlayStation has the biggest install base when it comes to VR. Do, um, does it with... The, them combined though or? i don't know if it's combined but um i would actually hedge a bet on it only because of the entry price for psvr is so much lower even without ha even if you have a high-end pc already or a decent pc to run those you still are looking at 400 to 500 now oculus is Right. I believe Cheaper. they announced the lift. Yeah, is that isn't that what it's called? Oculus Lift. Uh, yeah, um, something like where that. Where it's like the wireless model that you don't even have to have a PC for or anything like that. You just download the games right on the system itself. Um, but I was kind of hoping it would come to PSVR. Um, actually, even Black Friday bundles are out, and it's like ungodly. Oculus Quest. Quest. Okay, it's ungodly cheap on Black Friday, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's like I think. You get five amazing games yeah. in the system with all the accoutrements for only 200 Really? Yeah. Wow. That is a good deal. Uh, so, th yeah, I've, I think that's interesting. I've never been a fan of Half-Life myself, but... Um, I, I love to. Yeah. Um, I thought one was pretty good. Uh, it just wasn't what I was looking for when I played it initially. Mm. Yeah. Two was I remember reading all this hype about it and, like, Okay, like, what is it? Then I remember um, G4 TV, back when that was around, yeah. watching a video of it, and, like, watching, like, something move when you, like, interacted with it, like, by accident. Like, I think somebody, like, stumbled into, like, um, a thing of wood, and it all the wood toppled over. I'm like, oh, oh my geez. God. Like, at that time, nothing like that had been happening. Right. So it was just amazing. The story was amazing. The guns were awesome. Gravity gun. Uh, yeah, the, the, just a lot of that story. Even the episodes afterwards were great. And it obviously gave us such uh, amazing games like um, Team Fortress, uh, Portals, yep. uh, all that stuff. So I will, I mean, we're never going to get a Half-Life 3. If anybody ever thinks that we are, we're never are. Valve does not do threes. Apparently, it's just not in their system. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Give us Orange Box 2 with all the threes in it. <laughs> Maybe if you just ask for Orange Box 2, they'll be like, well, let's just put, like, Left 4 Dead, the Portal 2. Because uh, that's... I would love some sort of collection with just the Portal games on console. Yeah, that's true. Because I love both of those. Yep. Agreed completely. And the co-op is a lot, a lot of fun on Portal 2 and Portal well. 2, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That was actually the most fun I ever had on a puzzle game co-op. Yeah. For sure. 
So our last news story we have uh, before we get to the games we're playing, uh, this isn't the last news story. I completely uh, <laughs> skipped over the one we added. I forgot I put it in the notes. Uh, this is our second to last news story. <laughs> Borderlands 3 has new DLC uh, called Moxie's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot. So I'll let you And uh, it's coming out on December 19th. So obviously if you already have the season pass, uh, you'll get it. I don't know if they've announced a price uh, for individual things, but my guess is expect like between nine ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine, probably for like the standalones. Um, you're going to get a new galaxy destinations that have like casino zones because it's all based on a planetary system where Handsome Jack had casinos and like an entire Vegas lot um, type thing. But you're going to basically be doing a space heist. Um, in the entire planetary thing. So I really like that kind of like weird mission structure that you're going to be kind of setting up for doing something at the very end of that. Um, no new characters. Uh, so that is a little bit of a bummer. And actually I kind of mean more of a lot of bit of bummer. I was really hoping that they would go ahead and start adding new characters. Yeah. Um, just cause I, I mean, I just have such fond memories of Krieg from borderlands two. Uh, but obviously you're going to get the same like weapon trinkets, items, customizations, probably um, new weapons, which, you know, you'll never see everything anyways, no matter what. Um, another thing that's actually really cool is that uh, between November 21st and November 24th, Gearbox is uh, having Borderlands 3 free to play for a limited time on both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool thing for them to do, especially for people that haven't converted or tried it out yet, just to see if this is something down their alley, if it's something that they would like to give it, give a try. Yeah. Uh, you and I both enjoyed it. Um, story was a little weaker than uh, Borderlands 2, but still a very fun party game. Awesome. Yeah, people are projecting online. They haven't officially said this, which is weird. But people are projecting that the DLCs will be $15 a piece uh, standalone because there's supposed to be four pieces of content. So that would total up to be $60, whereas the season pass is $50, uh, which it is included in the season pass, obviously. Yeah. So um, Yeah, and I remember I got the season pass when it was only, like I think, 25 or something like that because I pre-ordered the game. 25 that's all it would have caught when i broke it down that's all it would have oh cost in your collector's yeah. edition or whatever gotcha yeah that yeah that honestly would have been the best way to because i knew i was play. gonna i generally yeah. don't play at that much dlc but like games that i really love for borderlands yeah like if if like i pre-ordered obviously zelda's dlc when that came out i would assume if halo ever did some sort of dlc thing Hello. you would you free dlc for halo 5 which i get out. but if they had like a dlc single player type thing you'd i be would i would buy yeah. whatever they gave me yeah. if they wanted me to buy halo themed water i would buy it i don't care it give be? it to Just me three water four three poisons you yes exactly poisons my mind to love halo even more than i already do so our last news story is there is another Saints Row game set to be revealed in 2020, according to reports. So this is very exciting for me personally. So I have been a Saints Row fan all the way back to the original back in the day. And it was very much a GTA clone back then uh, done very poorly. The first game was. 
but I still enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got my enjoyment out of it. Saints Row 2 kind of took that formula that the original created and made it better. Saints Row 3, in my opinion, the best Saints Row game. And I just loved how outlandish that game was. I loved how silly it was, but yet still grounded in reality. And Saints Row 4 basically is Crackdown. Uh, so oh, it is. Yeah. That's why, for me personally, I didn't really enjoy Saints Row 4 as much because it, it didn't feel like a Saints Row game. It felt like Crackdown. Um, so I really hope with this new game announcement that we get that Volition really goes back to the roots of Saints Row, maybe creates it as a reboot, uh, perhaps. But I really want it to really resemble Saints Row 3 more so than Saints Row 4. So... Um, I would play, and I'm actually the opposite. Yeah. I played three and four. I never played the first two. Um, but I only play them as uh, PlayStation Plus games. But I had fun. I couldn't tell you anything with the story or any of that stuff. Um, but I had more fun You're the with the superhero aspect of it in that computer simulation or whatever mm-hmm. um, than I did actually at it. And I think it's mostly because I come from a long background of GTA games, and specifically like all the Rockstar stuff dating back to the PC um like grand theft auto one all that stuff yeah and i just i i appreciate how they do it i didn't think the volition did it as well with the mechanics i i don't know i disagree it's very different like gta and saints row are very different in terms of gameplay they present themselves very similarly but as far as like gameplay they're very different experiences in my opinion uh like gta you're playing something that you want to have a visceral story that has uh um very good twists and turns that you don't expect whereas saints row you're just getting craziness after craziness after craziness and you also have that tension of like gangs uh against each other you don't really have that in gta as much um so i i just feel like it's a very different experience personally uh but the reason why Saints Row 3 for me was so good was because I played Saints Row 1 and 2. And just seeing like those two up against Saints Row 3, Saints Row 3 was such a big difference. Like It was such a big improvement over those two games. That might be part of the reason why I see it in a, a brighter light than you do. Because if you didn't play the first two, you wouldn't see, like, man, this was pretty rough back then. Um, well, and I say all this too, knowing the fallacies in uh, Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead these days by their control scheme. It yes, is incredibly yes. outdated mm-hmm. to the point where it very much turned me off of Red Dead Redemption 2 recently. So, yeah. um, I, to, to like, if they are able to do something in that similar kind of world atmosphere um, while also having an updated control scheme. Yes. Like, it almost, to me, Rockstar right now feels like I'm playing on tank controls when off of like the original remastered Resident Evil when Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2 just came out. Yep. If that makes sense. I yes. know it's a weird comparison, no. but that's how I'm kind of feeling. I totally agree with you. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is super slow, and for me, playing Red Dead Redemption 2 at first, it felt very slow, and it felt jarringly slow. Like, you start out, and you're, you're just... You feel like you can't even move. You're in molasses. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and, that truly, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I obviously looked past that and like just enjoyed the game, but it very much is outdated controls and Rockstar really needs to evaluate that for GTA six, 
Uh, otherwise, I think they're going to get themselves into trouble uh, with finding themselves behind in the times with as far as gameplay goes. Yep. So, uh, next we'll go into the games we are playing. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, I finally beat late last week. Um, actually, it might have been Saturday. I don't remember. Friday or Saturday? Friday night. Friday night, I think I finished it. Uh, really good game. I really enjoyed it. The ending is much harder than what I thought it was going to be. The first, what, like 10 floors or however many yeah. floors was so easy. <laughs> and then you get to that one point where it's just like, holy crap, what the heck is going on? And I don't even know how difficult this is, is needing to be. But it got to the point where I was dying three or four times in one boss fight. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, no, I just want to move Daniel on. Daniel made a comment how, because I was, I was watching him because I was playing uh, one of my games that I'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, but he made a comment how it, he wasn't dying until I got in the room. I was like, you weren't dying until you got on the 10th floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to B2 or whatever. Uh, and then yeah. Did B2 kill you? No, I don't think it did, B2 actually. didn't kill you. Yeah. Uh, but after kill me. But after uh, that. But yeah, I was going to after that, then you, yeah. Yeah. V2 is the only place I died. That was awful. So, finished that up, and then I started Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So, I just want to talk a little bit about that, uh, since I only got a few hours of that in. Uh, I really enjoy what I've played so far. The story seems really solid. Uh, the characters all seem good. Uh, I wouldn't say that the the characters are amazing, in my opinion. I heard the adult characters seem to flesh out the story more than the actual lead character. Yeah, yeah. They definitely, they kind of build more than he does. He's he's very mundane. He doesn't really do much, I guess, is, is my only complaint so far. Um, but as far as the gameplay goes, it's perfect. I love the gameplay. Um, there's twists at every turn the puzzles are challenging but rewarding we had a bonding experience with our puzzles yeah that was, <laughs> that was an experience there's this really cool like um ball puzzle basically where you had to figure out like how to get certain things into the system um like i guess you could just say like the holes to unlock doors um and it was more or less a win puzzle um think like uh legend of zelda uh, skyward sword type thing but the way you had to do it was all based on force power. So Daniel and I were both like looking at while he was playing, like just seeing, okay, where's another ball? Where can we find this? And oh wait, hold on, is that opening? So I, I really like that cleverness that I was seeing on those puzzles. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, it has that perfect mix between like Tomb Raider with the puzzle solving and the very linear open world areas. Um, it, it's very similar in that regard. Uh, as well as combining uh, Star Wars license, obviously, and kind of Metroidvania-type feels as well. So, With what other franchise? With, with a little bit of Souls. A little, little bit of Souls. A little bit of Dark Souls, but not too much because I hate Dark Souls. Yeah, I was going to say, not enough yeah. that it would turn you off. Exactly. But and something almost, that really looked like it was going to turn me on for it. And also, I'm playing on the second easiest difficulty, so... The fact that there's a difficulty slider that yeah. makes all the world because I've heard that Jedi Master is actually the way that a lot of people are playing because that's very much like uh, similar to a Dark Souls experience because it's a lot harder. 
Uh, but then there's a, a difficulty above that even. So, like, if you want to just uh, lose yourself. P- punish yourself. At, at night. That's yeah. what those games are, and man. Just, yeah, cry I, yourself I, to sleep. I really like the mashing of genres in a Star Wars game, too, mm-hmm. with the Metroid-like of it. Um, yeah. I really like that whole... I, I know it's hard for some gamers to enjoy, but, like, being done with an area, but only being done with that area to a certain point. Yeah. And having other things to go back on. It gives you just... More end game material, more or less. And I will say, I hate when a game wastes my time and I have to backtrack just for the fit sake of backtracking. Like, Luigi's Mansion pissed me off when I had to backtrack to find the dang cat. Oh, poultry kitty. Multiple times. That pissed me off. I hate when games do that. But when games do like Metroidvania, like this, and like, for instance, for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, you get to areas that unlocks other areas. So it basically unlocks shortcuts back to the original part of the map that you started at. So when you come back to the world to do the areas that you weren't able to access before, you actually have shortcuts to that area. So it's a lot quicker and easier to get there because you have unlocked uh, those Which is a very Metroid and Dark Soulsy thing it, to do for you. Yes. Give you quicker access to avoid the enemies. That way you can progress a little further along. It, exactly. And you don't waste your time. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I hate when games do that. So, uh, yeah, really enjoying Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Definitely highly recommend Yes, that. I'm definitely looking forward to getting that at some point. Yep. Um, so I've actually been utilizing you to play games this week. Um, I have been, uh, fiddling around on Xbox Game Pass on the PC, uh, inside the Xbox, ga- uh, beta, uh, Thanks basically. to my account, and I get the achievements. He does get the achievements, because I care less about achievements. Yeah. Um, so, the first game I'll talk about is Age of Empires 2. Uh, so, I have extremely fond memories of this game. This is the remastered edition, um, that actually just came out didn't it like a few days ago yeah it yeah. launched on the day that XO XO, yeah was. so yeah. i got to check it out it still feels and plays exactly the way i remember as a kid uh which is both a good thing and a detriment because i can understand how people want all all those rts's they prefer that it like kind of went with time like i actually really uh once i'm kind of done with my other game is uh i want to check out halo wars 2 because i never did really good um but like seeing the advancements but i really love like having that nostalgia for age of empires 2 and just playing as the different civilizations Mm -hmm. going up and i always have this little thing where what i always do is i wall myself off and i become like the master trader i trade with everybody um get all the supplies i need but the entire time i'm doing that i'm just building a massive army so eventually when my army is to the size i want it to i just send it out to every single person and i just dominate with that so question are you going to get age of empires 4 when it comes out it's possible uh if i'm being if it's an xbox game pass thing if i'm being real with you i'll probably just play it on your pc which it will it'll be first party exactly yeah. yeah so i i could definitely see myself doing that I, I I have a very hard time connecting RTSs with the controller personally. Mm-hmm. I, I really think those are kind of set up specifically for mouse and keyboard, which I get it. Um, actually, the original Halo Wars on Xbox 360 job. Um, did a great job with the controller mm-hmm. for it, um, but that was specifically made for that um, at that time because it wasn't on PC. But Halo Wars 2 is. It is, but and I haven't checked it out yet, as I just said. Mm-hmm. But I I haven't decided yet. But no, I, no matter what, I'm going to play it. Yeah. Because obviously you said it comes out. But I just don't know if it's going to be something I'll stick around as much as I have with Age of Empires 2. Yeah. 
Uh, the other game that I checked out, another XO19, uh, Rage 2. Yes. Um, so, uh, obviously, this came out earlier this year. Um, two uh, muddled reviews, I say. Like, pretty good reviews. Yeah. Nothing, though, that like set the world on fire. Yeah, average. Yeah, and I don't think anybody was ever expecting this game to set anything on fire either, in my personal opinion. But I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Um, it is... I'm not 100% sure I didn't do research on it, but if it's from the makers of Mad Max that came out in 2015, uh, I believe that was Avalanche Studios. Yep. Uh, but it definitely gives me that vibe filled with Borderlands um, as far as it obviously being an FPS in that sense, but you kind of going into this desert wasteland and um, as the Mad Max part is, you're clearing out outposts and discovering new locations and getting all that stuff for it. And actually... Now that you're saying that, it was the Mad Max team that made this too, because uh, the Just Cause team had just made it, Just yeah, Cause exactly, Four. Yeah, so so it definitely gives you that feel. And I, as I'll talk about later, is I love Mad Max, um, but I am enjoying my time. I'm probably about like maybe six ish hours in, and I've done like two story missions, um, which that's kind of how open world games a lot of times go for me. Is I like to go explore get all the power-ups and the collectibles and all that stuff and the collectibles or the power-ups are really cool in this game like you have a double jump feature that you can freeze yourself in the air and then shoot down on your enemies mm -hmm. uh, that's really cool you have this almost you pull yourself to people and then you push them away and it, most of the time it just slams them mm -hmm. but it's really useful against enemies that have armor because when you do that you push them and it strips their armor so even if they might not die they're no longer armored and it makes it a lot easier um, the guns feel awesome. Um, the vehicles are actually feels pretty controllable. Um, the, basically, the main thing I want to say is I'm actually very impressed, for the most part, of how seamless the Xbox app works on PC with Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> now, obviously, I had, I had some issues today because it kept kick, it kicked me out. Yeah. Um, but uh, there could be a lot more problems than there are. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really like that accessibility that um especially just how our setup is is that if you wanted to play jedi fallen order on the tv perfectly fine to yep. hey i'm gonna check out rage 2 okay yep. man yeah just log into the pc and you're good to go yep so i really like that and again another thing playstation i, I think if you want to stay competitive in the next year's or next cycle's field <clears throat> is you have to look at what services you offer i mean ign has this whole thing going on the last week and a half about streaming services and what they offer and all that stuff that is going to be now the biggest push of everything is streaming services or just services in general from your console yep agreed completely so is that all you have for rage to you yeah I, right. i'm gonna hopefully keep playing and I've, I've been enjoying my time so far i could cool. tell you anything what's happening in the story though all right, so we'll move on to the topic of the show, which is XO19 news wrap-up. So we obviously recorded last Wednesday. XO19 was on Thursday, so there's a ton of news that came out of XO19. We aren't going to cover all of it because there's just too much to cover. We'll cover uh, kind of the big points um, that, that we kind of thought were the most important. So the first one is... Uh, Obsidian, who just released Outer Worlds, uh, has announced a brand new game, a uh, new IP called Grounded. So, essentially, this game looks like Honey, the Shr We Shrunk the Kids, except... I Shrunk the Kids. Whatever, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, except game form. So, you play as, like, these little people, uh, and I don't mean... Uh, 
I say little people, I mean like shrunken people. I don't mean like... <laughs> no one was taking it as that. I'm just clarifying that. PC uh, Hey, you can never be too PC. Just ask PC principal. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. Point. <laughs> you play as little miniature people that are shrunk down, and you're fighting like uh, little ants and insects and all that. It looked really cool, like a four-player uh, co-op survival experience. Um, it looks very interesting. I just want to see more on the game. And it was actually made by a very, very small team at Obsidian. It was like 13 people that actually are making this game. Uh, Obsidian in total is like maybe 150 people in total. Uh, the rest of those people obviously were working on Outer Worlds. Um, but this game definitely uh, piqued my interest a little bit. So I don't know what your thoughts are. but It looked... Decent, the, I mean, I, the second I saw the trailer, unfortunately, you know what I said? I was like, why does it have to be in first person? Yeah. Uh, that, that's my only thing. I thought that looked like a... from. Now, we only saw one part of it where it's first person. Right. But just like my issues with Sea of Thieves, like those games, to me, seem perfect to be a third person. But again, I know I'm very partial to that uh, experience as a character right. uh, in a game. I just I, I thought that would be such a better way to do that. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so the next one is uh, Project X Cloud has some news. So the interesting thing about Project X Cloud that they announced was any games that you currently own on Xbox One or any games that you have in Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass or any games you own, you will be able to stream those games on X Cloud for no additional charge. So this is huge to me because this is basically saying. Any game you want to play, you can play on xCloud when, when they finally release the full version of xCloud uh, sometime after 2020. Um, but this is, I feel like this is going to lay the groundwork for the future of Xbox because Xbox is kind of more of a brand now than uh, just a box per se. You have Xbox on PC, you have Xbox uh, on Scarlet and Xbox One X and all of that, but xbox will continue to evolve as a service and i think xcloud is is going to be what that is uh also they did announce that xcloud is coming to windows 10 pcs and some new markets as well so that's another interesting wrinkle you play xbox exclusives on your pc obviously all of microsoft's first party games are on both but for instance if you don't have a very powerful pc you can pull up xCloud and stream a game to your PC that's not very powerful and just play it that way. Because all you're doing when you're streaming a game is you're just pulling in the data from the See, internet. See, I like that option as opposed to Stadia. Yeah. Because Stadia doesn't give you an option. Yes. Microsoft, in this sense, gives is. You. Yes. And I, and I think that is the way to go into this future of consoles themselves yep like I, I think the way that google is doing it is completely wrong only because they're basing it on the fact that in the cities they have amazing internet yep out in the boonies here they do not and actually in all of middle america it is statistically like worse than a lot of other countries yeah and it's like that's the thing that i think xbox learned specifically from the xbox one launch mm -hmm. when they said always online obviously there was a huge uproar of it because a lot of people couldn't do that. And I think they've now learned how to skirt that issue. Here's your X Cloud for the gamers that yep. need it. But if you don't, there's the game too. Yep. Like, I really like that mentality. Yep. It's your choice. Yeah. That's that's the best part. Um, Can we just say, and like, I know we got a lot of other things to talk about with yeah. this. 
but the PR turnaround in Xbox mm-hmm. uh, since uh, Phil Spencer took over yeah. has to be like in eventually some sort of textbook for like entrepreneurs and marketing yeah. is how to turn around the percept not not financially because right. they were doing okay yeah but the perception of your company yeah like the just the way that he was able to turn the conversation now i get it they didn't do the sales to capture playstation 4 mm-hmm. but the perception in gamers eyes for for i believe the most part is an extremely positive one because they're looking after gamers yeah and the great thing about phil is is he had a plan from the get-go he knew it wasn't going to be a quick fix he had a plan that look to the long game he wasn't looking for the short game what what's going to happen with ps4 he was worried about 10 years from now and you really see that with xbox one x and s because that was his first project he did uh building all the first party studios that he built and now we're starting to see the first party studios that he acquired produce these games that are finally coming out obviously we haven't seen a lot of them yet but next year i i would assume we're going to see quite a bit with scarlet launching next fall i would assume like we're going to go into both from playstation and xbox's first party overload because they're going to mm-hmm. definitely try to sell us on getting these systems and we've already talked about the struggle it's going to be because they're already get backwards compatible yep. what are you going to show me that makes me want to get this system agreed and obviously, we're getting the systems. Oh, but yeah. you're casual gamers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so next, we have Rare has announced a brand new IP as well to join <laughs> Obsidian's uh, new IP, and it's called Everwild. So this game looks interesting to me because it looks very different than what they're doing with Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is obviously an online connected shared world experience uh, based on pirates and all that. This looks like a very much uh, artsy type of game. It looks like beautiful. It looks like kind of a Ori uh, art style, sort of. That was uh, the vibe you said it gave you. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, it's just a very vibrant world. So, obviously, this is just a teaser trailer. We, we didn't get much from it in terms of gameplay. We just got... We got no gameplay as far right, as we right, know. Right, right, right. Yeah. We just got basically like what this world looks like, what 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 are they going for as far as like art artistic the art direction did look really cool i mean at first it looked it almost looks like what pokemon should look like right as far as how the animals were all uh viewed and stuff like that um i'll trust rare i just the sea of thieves did not turn me on uh as far as to basically want to try it out um mostly because i was hoping that that wouldn't be like an online world but obviously it was yeah. But everyone knows the pedigree that Rare come, came from. Yeah. Downfall is, is most of those people aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am interested to see what becomes of this. Because yeah. I, I think, for the most part, this is now uh, Microsoft's uh, Studio Japan. Studio Japan takes a lot of risk for Sony when it comes to artistic games. Uh, Ego Shadow, uh, Last Guardian. Yeah. Well, they might not be your traditional games. It's not might not be what you want, but yep. they're taking something that they think is an idea and they're going to expound on it. And I think yep. that's what Rare is about to become for them. And, and Microsoft has talked about, well, Phil Spencer has talked about uh, wanting to give the studios the ability to make what they want to make. So that's the great thing as well. They wanted to make this, so they said, go for it. Just like Obsidian wanted to make Grounded. They had already started development before they were acquired by Microsoft on Grounded. But my, obviously, Phil Spencer and company 
continued to support that after they uh, purchased them. So it's really good to see them allow their studios to kind of control their future and, and do what they want to do. Yeah, and I think that's like a page that he's taken from essentially like Shuhei's book where yeah. Shuhei always was on record saying like, cool, Last of Us is delayed, or Uncharted's delay. let them have the time. That's the game they want to make, that's yep. the game I, I will play. Yep. And Miyamoto, Miyamoto gets how much time to do any game he wants to, Yep. Uh, even if it's bad, like Star Fox. Oh, <laughs> God, Star Fox. Uh, so, speaking of Sea of Thieves, there was a new uh, expansion for Sea of Thieves, the monthly update, called Seabound Soul and Fire, uh, and it is actually out today. Bum, so, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. Um, so this expansion is kind of interesting because uh, it kind of provides more of the quest line stuff. So they added some quest line stuff in one of the previous updates, but this kind of adds another quest line uh, focus as well. Um, it's a new story that they're joining this new character called Captain uh, Pendragon. Um, and I guess. They're just trying to ex ex give people the option to play more story-based stuff. That was one of the complaints with Sea of Thieves at launch was there wasn't a lot of story-based stuff in order to play on there, as well as not a lot of content in general. Um, and I really feel like Rare has done a great job at building all the content as well as story pieces as well. So Sea of Thieves at launch maybe was a incomplete game, you'd call it. Um, but that seems to be the, uh, have any common... outlets re-reviewed it yet? No. Cause I know a lot of outlets which, do re-reviews like which, Rainbow Six Siege, yes. Destiny and all that. Which to me is a shame because I feel like Rare has poured in so much work into Sea of Thieves and made it as good as it can be. Like they've had updates every month for the past year plus. Like that's incredible. Like that doesn't normally happen with studios. So I feel like they should at least get a, a look, and people should at least try it again. Uh, obviously, they're on Game Pass, so you can play for free if you. I have might that. actually now that I'm kind of in like your Game Pass yeah. uh, thing, uh, might check it out too. Yeah. Like I said, the first the next time I list is Halo Wars two. Yeah, but uh, it feels so weird catching up on like backlog stuff that I've actually wanted to play. Yes, <laughs> it's so weird to have that feeling to like. There's nothing really out right now that I can buy, so let's just catch yeah. up on old stuff. I was going to say we could play co-op, but you don't have Xbox Live. I don't. I just have an account. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So uh, that kind of covers that. Um, so Here, our, our end, next end one. On, end on your good one. Do I? And end on your other one. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So the next <laughs> one we have is uh, Final Fantasy Classics. Um so a ton of Final Fantasy games uh, from the past, like Final Fantasy VII, 8 Remastered, 9, 10, HD. Uh, 11, 10 and 10, 2 HD are good. Yep. Zodiac uh, Age is good. 12 Zodiac Age, 13, 13, 2. 13's awful. Returns, uh, 15. <laughs> so all of, those, all of those Final Fantasy games coming to Game Pass. That's incredible on console and PC. That's absolutely insane. So skip uh, skip nine and skip all the thirteens. Yeah. They're bad. <laughs> Which I'm not a Final Fantasy person. I probably won't touch them. But that's really cool for the fans out there. There's also yeah. I haven't played eight eight remastered, so I would like to check that out. Eight remastered. Yeah, I haven't played. Or uh, yeah, it was remastered. Yeah, I haven't played yeah. that yet. There's also so these two are big ones because they're previously uh, PlayStation exclusives. You have Kingdom Hearts uh, 1.5, I believe, and 2.5, which are the collections for one and two. Um, both of those are coming to Xbox Game Pass as well next year. 
Uh, and then you have Yakuza, Zero, Kiyami. Kiwami. Kiwami and Kiwami 2. So that's pretty big news as well because those are previously big uh, Japan exclusives because they're and Kiwami and Kiwami Two are just three masters of the first two Yakuza's mm-hmm. and Yakuza Zero is a prequel that was released earlier this generation. Yeah, um, the Kingdom Hearts thing is cool. Yeah, I just I really think it's too little, too late for Xbox gamers. I could be wrong. Um, but I feel like whoever wanted to play Kingdom Hearts already did on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, but I do think it is about damn time that they came onto the consoles. Yeah. Only because they were never, ever supposed to be exclusives, specifically in this generation. Right. Because of how old they are. I'm surprised they're not getting the 2.8, the story so far, and then just, just doing 1.5 and 2.5. Right. Please don't get confused by the numbers. I'm always confused by the numbers whenever I read a title for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But I'm glad they're finally coming to other platforms. The thing, I think that Square should have done this. They should have just given everyone the originals with Kingdom Hearts 3 on both PlayStation and Xbox, and they should have just launched them day and date. I don't understand why. Why would someone on Xbox, if you're an Xbox exclusive gamer, why would you want to play Kingdom Hearts 3 without playing the first two games? I was gonna, the only thing, well, it's honestly not even the first two games. It's the first, like, nine games. Oh, well, um, whatever. The collections. Yeah, because uh, it's just like, if you say you wanted to get invested in that universe, too, as an yeah. Xbox gamer, maybe, maybe you did as far as, like, it's your first Kingdom Hearts game, it's Kingdom Hearts 3, and this is not to be insulting towards the series, but, like, I feel like you have at least had to play one and two to understand somewhat what was going on. Right. And you actually really, I think, needed to play the DS things to understand the underbelly of the other things. And it's just a little ridiculous in my mind that they expected Xbox gamers to say, hey, nah, you're you're good. Just play three. It's a conclusion of a story that's lasted for 20 years. I mean, it's, it's a little dumbfounded to me that they expected that. But again, I think it is kind of a nice little, well, here you go thing because it is on Game Pass. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's not something that you necessarily have to buy because you already have it with that service. Yep. Agree completely. Uh, Yakuza, I've never really gotten into. Yeah, I've never uh, either. They're quirky GTA clones even before GTA. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, uh, they're weird games. I played, they're Japanese games. I played Kiwami actually because it was a PS Plus game. Um, and I've actually played the original Kiwami, no, original Yakuza 2, and I, I just couldn't get into them. Yeah, for sure. So the last piece of news we're going to talk about for XO19 is Halo The Master Chief Collection finally launches on December 3rd on PC. So the interesting thing with this is uh, Master Chief Collection on PC is actually starting with Halo Reach. So... When you buy Master Chief Collection on day one, you only have access to Halo Reach. They've talked about that. They are starting with Halo Reach. Then subsequently, they're going in chronological order in releases. So then they'll release Halo CE, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo 4. Actually, Halo 3 ODST might be before Halo 3 because that takes place That's before, what I thought, before yeah. Halo 3 technically. But uh in halo 4 so i can't believe we got something wrong on halo (laughs) yeah yeah whatever so uh they're gonna release those over time chronologically um people are very excited for this on pc 
there is a little bit of hesitation in the community just because of how poorly Master Chief Collection launched on Xbox One back uh, in 2014. Over, get over it at this point, in my ha- opinion. Halo fans are, are very... Um, very unforgiving people. I, I well, say. gamers in general are yes. unforgiving people. My yeah. only thing would be like, guys, we and I and I get it. It does suck, but in today's day, we understand that day one launches are never smooth. Yeah. It is a rarity when you find out that a day one launch is like gone amazing. I agree. Um, besides, honestly, Nintendo games because Nintendo games for the most part don't need patches. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think a beloved franchise, you're getting it on an platform that you wanted yes i agree expect some hiccups but prepare for best i think i do agree however i do also i see what people are saying because this game came out in 2014 on xbox one and it took them three and a half years to get it to a point where it was really good and and that in my opinion like two years ago though and it was fine to me there's certain aspects to it that were fine but the game overall was very much broken in, in many regards. So uh, the patch that they put in early 2018 is what really fixed Master Chief Collection and got it back to what it should have been to begin from the beginning. But the, you have to give them credit as well because they went back and added Halo Reach now. They've added so much content to the Master Chief Collection that... You have to give them. I mean, some the only credit. ones they're missing are really the Spartan assaults, like the top-down guys. Yes. That's really all they're missing. Am Every I right? Halo game is or playable. Or Halo Wars, but still, that's already in Game Pass. Well, Halo Wars is on uh, Xbox One backwards compatible, and it's uh, it was released. But I mean, as far as on the MCC. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 As that's far as MCC, all, yeah, that's all they're missing at yeah, this point. The, that's all they have. Everything, so yeah. you can play every Halo game on Xbox One right yeah. now, except for. No, everyone. You can play everyone. Yeah, you can play all the yeah. Spartan Assaults. Except I like the first one. Not Spartan Strike. That was exclusive to iOS. That never came to console. Only I Spartan never Assault. That. Yeah, that was the sequel. It was not any better. Okay. So, uh, I didn't mind Spartan Assault. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, it was all right. For, for a top for a down. Game. For a top down. Yeah. Uh, also, Halo Reach is also launching on December 3rd as well on Xbox One. So finally, we'll have Halo Reach on I've Xbox I've never played Halo Reach before. I've only I've played obviously the first four. I didn't I didn't really like, uh, uh, and I know I give you shit for this. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of three, but I also played that fifteen Halo years. Halo three is the goat. I played that fifteen years after it came out for the first time. Reach. Um, I never played Reach. Just I didn't have an Xbox three hundred and sixty. I only played at uh, with friends' Xbox three hundred and sixties in my uh, frat house, yeah. um, and it wasn't like at that point Call of Duty took over the conversation. So yeah. no one had Halo. Everyone had Call of Duty. Um, but I would actually look forward to just seeing what it is. I've, mm. I've heard complaints about the story at times. I really um, like the story, but Rich. I've heard the gameplay is still like barn on up there. Yeah. So I'd really be interested in see, especially it's that it's the first game, like actual game mm-hmm. where you didn't play as master chief. I really like the story of Reach personally, and I feel like Bungie was tasked with an impossible task. They have they were in contract with Microsoft to make one more Halo game before they were able to go independent, and I feel like they were tasked with this impossible task of making something interesting with Halo Reach when you already knew the ending. If you're a Halo fan, you know what happens yep. to Reach. It gets glassed. Um, but I really liked the characters in Halo Reach. I can't stress that enough. 
all of the characters in Halo Reach I very much loved, except for maybe Cat. Is that the game Kat. Nathan Fillion's in? Yes. Okay. I've, I've no. thought, I thought he was a voice no. actor. No, no, no. ODST. Sorry. Oh, he was I, an ODST. I, I just said sorry. automatically yes. And not, <laughs> no. No. He's Buck in ODST and also in Halo 5. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Reach, I absolutely love the characters, except for Cat, maybe, because she's a little bland. But anyways, yes, I would definitely recommend playing yeah, it. Yeah, I'll need to give it a try just to see what it was like. And it was interesting, Bungie uh, kind of tested some things with Destiny with Halo Reach, like with Forge World, it was this huge open world uh, thing that they used their new engine for. They were using that to test Destiny tech, uh, which I thought, found very interesting. And they also did a space uh, flight sequence in Halo Reach that was supposed to be a test for Destiny as well, but that didn't end up coming to fruition because Destiny So overall, what are your general impressions of uh, XO19? I thought it was really good. I thought it was solid. Because uh, you, you came in with tempered expectations. Too. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought it was better than what my expectations were, personally. Um, I didn't think that it was going to be that big, personally, uh, but... It didn't have the surprises that, say, last year's did with the Obsidian announcement and in Exile announcement. But I don't think you but, need to the year before your console no, launch. I, I don't. I don't think so either. And they had two brand new IPs announced, which, I mean, that's that's great in and of itself. Because this year is going to be twenty twenty is going to be an awful year with all the election stuff. But I uh-huh. think really, as gamers, we're going to have a lot of good news when it comes to hearing about both these systems yep. and how this war intensifies and. I don't. I guess maybe war is the wrong word, but I, I I love the healthy competition that they both provide each other because they make they make both systems go be better. Absolutely. In my opinion, I agree. So we'll move on to our top five. Uh, this week we're doing top five most anticipated. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> I forgot to. I'm sorry, I had not mentioned a single thing this whole time. I forgot to mention. I forgot to change that title. So yeah, that we're not awesome. doing. We're not doing that. Top ten we're most anticipated games yeah, for 2021. Exactly. Yeah. We. Yep. All right. Well, we're doing our top five uh, best open, open worlds. Open yeah. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. I probably should have changed that, but anyway, that was awesome. So my my first one is GTA Five and also Vice City, which we kind of share one on this, um, and we cheated a little bit here a couple times. I did, uh, but GTA Vice City and GTA Five Vice City had such a cool 80s atmosphere god that's amazing vibrant lights and colors the color palette was amazing gta 5 has such a vibrant and living open world that i absolutely love and even the online stuff they added was really cool as well uh it made the made the world feel alive so i want to screw myself over by saying this uh but I want to do eventually a top five list of games that we wish we could experience for the first time. Oh, and yeah. Vice City feels like one of those contenders for me because just I remember actually as a kid getting pissed off about uh, the sun being in my eyes. But like as an adult, I realized like that added to like the realism of the 80s Miami vibe hmm. um, and just like the sports cars, the atmosphere, everything with that world. Um excuse me, was amazing. Like, I loved when they introduced buying properties. Mm-hmm. And I fe- you felt like Scarface when you bought that mansion finally. Yep. I mean, it's it just a, a great game all around. I agree completely. Um, and then you had another actual GTA on there, too. 
Yeah. GTA 5. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about that. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to go back to a little bit older, and that's GTA 3. Yeah. Uh, meaning, uh, because I actually remember taking off school for the launch of this game. Yeah. Uh, because uh, all my friends group, we were so hyped for this game. Uh, which, good reason, because in my opinion, it spawned this whole new open world genre. Uh, with just everything you could do. There was obviously a lot of controversy surrounding it, uh, specifically like the things that you could do in the game. But Liberty City, uh, it feels so small now, if you've ever gone back. My brother-in-law actually bought um, the collection of those games on mm. PS4. Um, and so we played GTA 3, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can. this is so sl- small, but like we're going from now open worlds. But I just... That was such an amazing experience when that happened. Mm-hmm. And all the cheat codes that and, you could do. And you did go back to Liberty City in GTA 4. <laughs> which is, I that's still bizarre to me why they went so quickly back to GTA 4. I don't, or to Liberty City. Well, they they cycle in yeah. those cities. Yeah. Yeah. Like San Andreas was in. That's true. Yeah. But it was like a small. I guess I it know. wasn't. I wasn't. A, I am not as high up on GTA 4 as I know a lot of outlets. Oh, were. I hated it. GTA um, 4. I thought the controls were extremely sluggish. Yes. I did not like the gray open world. Yeah. Um, I get it. it. Was supposed to live like a city. I didn't like Nico. Yeah, I would agree. The main character, like, and actually, Vice City is a perfect thing to say. That's the first time we got a personality Great in uh, GTA where we were Ray Liotta. Yeah. Uh, and he did amazing with that. Yep. Agreed completely. Uh, my next one is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So obviously a newer Assassin's Creed game. I was going to choose another one, but you chose it. So I went with Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey is fantastic open world. Like if I had just like endless time, I would spend it in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like there's so much that I haven't explored in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, even though I beat the game. That's what screwed me, man. And it's just <laughs> insane. Yeah. There's so many islands like everywhere and like every island you go to is something different and unique. And like, that's what's so great about that game. Did I you ever it. get the Minotaur? No. So I, I got a lot of things for it, but I never opened it. Yeah. Cause it's one of the first islands you visit when you go down into a pit, you realize, Oh God, there's something in here. Right. But yeah, that was, that was a good, my actual one is Assassin's Creed four black flag. You know, the last one that they started numbering. Great game. Uh, yeah. an amazing launch game for one for these new systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but black flag, it took me, uh, maybe a little over a year to finally beat, but I actually explored every single inch of that map. I went to every single island. I fought all four of those uh, massive British ships. Um, just the first off, it was so much. It was so pretty to look at comparison to Assassin's Creed Three, um, with that open world, the oceans, how you could dive, how you could hunt. The, the naval combat itself yeah. is really, honestly, what sold me on the game because it was so much fun to get into a, a ship fight with uh, another person or something like that. Like you felt. Like you were actually a pirate at that point. And it's the reason that Skull and Bones exist Exactly, now. yeah. Because it was so popular with that. And it, yeah. they have those mechanics in Odyssey and Origins yep. uh, for it. So it's obviously a mechanic that they want to keep in that franchise. Uh, and I think if Vikings is true, that's going to be heavily That'll in there. That'll be awesome. Um, yeah. But it was just such an amazing experience. When you get your when you got your new console, and you it was in the wintertime, and you saw all this, like beach and sun and all this stuff don't get me wrong it was still based off of old assassin's creed so you still had like 20 missions where you had to follow somebody on a rooftop but the world itself was just amazing, amazing. yes 
And uh, also, it's funny their terrible numbering scheme because that's technically the seventh Assassin's Creed game, but it's Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. Is it the seventh? I thought it was the eighth. Uh, is it the eighth? Because there was another Altair one on the on mobile. Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, because okay. I played it. And it was well, awful. It was even, awful. Even worse. Number eight. Assassin's Creed Four Eight. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my next one is a game I've talked about a ton on this show, Spider-Man PS4. Absolutely. I, I feel like I repeat myself every time I say these games. But Dana's only played five games this year. Yeah, life. apparently, <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man PS4, I absolutely love that world. Uh, I loved all the missions that you got to do. And so obviously, as I've talked about, swinging throughout New York City is just absolutely incredible on there. Insomniac did a great job with the animations and just making it feel vibrant in that world. Just because you said that, by the way, I have to change one of mine. Uh-oh. Um, but uh, the next one I'm going to go with is Mad Max from 2015. I know what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually already talked about this developer and this game briefly when I was talking about Rage 2. Uh, I love this open world so much. I played and beat this game twice. Oh, wow. And I, I, I just love how that world is so sparse and just so empty while also having so many things for you to do, which is a weird thing to say in an open world game, Mm -hmm. but I love the Mad Max franchise. Uh, I mean, if you have never seen Fury Road, it is probably the best movie, in my opinion, that's come out in the last decade. Um, But it is so amazing, like, how not only do you always feel like you're constantly surviving because of gas, Mm. but you're also survive. You're barely surviving because of there's dust storms, uh, or you have a convoy or like you see riders out in the middle of nowhere and you're like, Oh my God, I don't have the weaponry to defend this. The car combat was amazing. I, I, God, I wish there was some sort of sequel. I love how they kind of tied it in with the movie at that time too. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a fun game. Agreed. Uh, if you're in the live chat, I want you to put what one of your favorite uh, open world games is in the chat right now. I know there's two of you watching right now. Put it in the live 2, chat. Two thousand of you. Two thousand. Yeah, 2, I, I misspoke. Sorry, podcast listeners. <laughs> I misspoke. We have two thousand people watching right now. But drop, <laughs> drop your favorite uh, open world game in the chat, and we'll read it out. Uh, so my next one is again another uh, cheating one because I love to cheat on these lists. That is your uh, thing now. He <laughs> went from hating on people yeah. to cheating. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so my next one's Fallout Three slash New Vegas. Uh, so ah man, Fallout Three. There's so many great things to talk about with that that open world. But to me, like you just learn that from the get go in that game when you go to uh, the city right in the beginning of the game. And you can choose to detonate this bomb in the middle of the city, Megaton. And if you detonate the bomb, it blows up the whole city. And that's it. That's the end of that storyline. You don't deal with those people anymore. Which is hilarious to me. That, like, just, that's one piece. They can cut out 50% of the game, basically. (laughs) Well, not 50%. 25%. A whole section of the community. But that was... To me, that was the most exciting part was just the world uh, was was so well built and you could literally do whatever you wanted in that world. And New Vegas basically took that and turned it into like a Sin City type of experience, which I absolutely loved as well. Uh, Developed by Obsidian. I I love them. Um, So everything they did, it it just Fallout related was amazing until Fallout 4. And that was kind of, it was average, but. Uh, so what's number four for me? 
Uh, is it the one that you were talking about? Yeah, it's the one I told you I was going to change. What, okay. what am I changing? Sunset Overdrive. He's 100% correct, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He said Insomniac Games. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, so I initially had Crackdown, but after hearing Insomniac and just thinking of all my memories of Sunset Overdrive, how could I not choose that world? Um, it is the basis for which Spider-Man was built on, in my opinion, yeah. uh, as far as how you traverse through an open world. Um, from the get-go, you're kind of dropped into this weird little town suburbia city uh and you just keep grinding on things exploring i mean i remember the one boss where you're basically riding the rails as a roller coaster but like you're not a roller coaster you're a person but it just like you were you looked down and you felt the city below you and it was just so open even bland areas like the railroad checks like they felt like death sentences because of how easily you could have been surrounded. Mm. But because of your mobility, you were able to kind of escape that. And just the cartoony aspect of that entire world, the narrator that was talking to you, mm. uh, just everything about that entire, the verticality of that world yeah. will never get old. So quirky and yeah, insomniac. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, God, do I, I will say this a billion times. Give me a sequel, man. <laughs> Give yeah. me a sequel. Might be a PlayStation 4 exclusive, I, uh, possibly. I'll, I'll, if you know what, just like how Microsoft uh, helped out with Tomb Raider 2, uh, the reboot uh, initially, I would be totally on board with whatever exclusive stuff comes for certain franchises as long as they come back. Yeah. Like Bayonetta 3 on the Switch, obviously exclusive. Agreed. So eventually, like you know, Banjo Kazooie exclusive Xbox. Bring us a break from the Banjo. We want Banjo Three. Yeah, dead. Banjo Three, please. Um, my last game is maybe a surprising one, but Forza Horizon Three. Absolutely adored that game. So Australian Outback. Like there were so many paths that you could take in that in that open world. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, just driving in that open world and seeing like crocodiles and stuff like that. That was super cool. Uh, something that uh, Forza game and Horizon in particular, since it was that subgenre, hasn't done before was like wildlife and and stuff like that. Kangaroos and all that. That was super cool to see. The photo mode was absolutely stunning in that game. Uh, it was very lifelike with how good Forza Horizon 3 looked. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 obviously was really good as well, but I didn't enjoy the Britain setting as much as I did the Australian Outback. So absolutely just uh, the whole world was amazing in Horizon 3. Uh, my last one is another cheat since Daniel's allowed to, I get to, uh, is the Middle Earth Shadow of series. Uh, so both Mordor and War. Um, I know these maps are can be kind of viewed as a little bland as far as like dark and gray or a little bit of greenery, uh, but I really love the attention to detail they had as far as in relation to the um, Lord of the Rings series itself. Uh, specifically, Shadow of War, you had five different areas. While similar uh, as far as their setup, a lot of them were either vertical or spread out. Um, you always felt stressed. Uh, I remember... The one that specifically has like the mines in it and stuff like that. Yeah. It's where I got screwed over the most because that's where I ran into the never ending cycle of my um, nemesis always being somebody that was a dark wraith that basically respawned. I was like 12 levels ahead of I was every single time. Jeez. And had to die like two or three times before he would actually die. And like I would get screwed by hunting other captains during that. But. The map made it so like I could escape for the most part every time. 
Um, and I just remember the first time playing Shadow of Mordor and like really seeing how big those maps were with what you could do. Um, and just, I, I don't know, it was the first time since uh, Two Towers came out on the PS2 that I felt like back in like that Lord of the Rings atmosphere. And now obviously that was an original story too, and I thought that was very well done. And it had been a long time since we got a good Lord of the Rings game. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was. That I know was a lot of people thing. love the card game on uh, PC, but I'm not into card games. Yeah. So, also shout out to <laughs> Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle Earth 2, which was an RTS on Xbox 360. That thing was awesome. I don't remember if I played that or not. I feel like I had though. It was a really good RTS, and it came out early in the 360 generation. So I might have. It sounds familiar. Yeah. So that's the end of our show, guys. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, I know it was a long show this week. Uh, we had a lot of news to cover. So next week we will be foregoing an episode because of the holidays. So uh, don't look out for an episode next week. But we will be back the following week uh, for more fun there. So remember, 8 p.m. Wednesdays, except for next week. We won't be back next week. So appreciate you guys sticking around. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Deuces. See ya.